Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. At the very core of hyper-authoritarian doctrines and practices is religious enslavement. Moreover, let us be clear that religious enslavement is witchcraft, a.k.a. sorcery. Thus, it follows, then, that hyper-authoritarian doctrines and practices are, at bottom, witchcraft. And that assessment is not at all an extrapolation, but is based on the intrinsic nature of the teachings. Moreover, it is hardly necessary to point out that witchcraft is something of the devil's domain, and not God's. It is this reality that makes these teachings and the practices they promote so decidedly aberrant, as well as repugnant, to those who are cognizant of it. Though it be so that these doctrines and practices amount to witchcraft, the problem is they have already been infused into and become an integral part of the doctrinal and structural system of a large segment of the charismatic Pentecostal body of Christ. Thus, the majority of charismatic Pentecostal believers who have been deluded into accepting the validity of them would have extreme difficulty in understanding and accepting that they are scripturally invalid and amount to witchcraft, despite the absolute veracity of both of those assessments. Indeed, the very fact that it has been an otherwise legitimate and normative Pentecostal and Neo-Pentecostal charismatic word of faith movement and third wave at all churches that these cultic doctrines and practices have been taught and instituted has itself augmented their obscurity and continuance. Of course, not all Pentecostal or Neo-Pentecostal churches employ these teachings and tactics, yet a substantial percentage of especially Neo-Pentecostal churches do, in some form and degree, a percentage much higher than what the average believer would surmise. In all fairness, I must say, there no doubt are some leaders who have accepted and instituted these doctrines and practices in their churches in sincere naivety and ignorance without totally comprehending their full import and impact. Many of those cases are the result of those leaders having blithely cloned their ministry structure after someone else's with whom they were associated, affiliated, or simply impressed. 
Nevertheless, a significant portion of the leaders who have instituted these errant doctrines and practices have done so with deliberation, knowing fully and precisely what they are doing, having perceived in them a convenient, well-camouflaged, highly effective, and widely accepted mechanism affording both license and means to predominate and prevail over a group of congregants in order to enlist and mobilize them as the implementers of their personal kingdom building. Once wild, thoroughly indoctrinated, subdued, and subjugated, these indentured congregants then become the willful implementers, agents, collaborators, and operatives for the designs of these errant, self-aggrandizing, and self-exalting ecclesiastical autocrats. The True Nature of Sorcery Asserting as I have that these authoritarian doctrines and practices amount to witchcraft requires that we understand the true nature of witchcraft and sorcery. Witchcraft and sorcery are synonymous terms. Some Bible translations use one term, some the other, but both refer to the same thing. The root Greek word for sorcery is pharmakeia which literally means to administer drugs. From this Greek word are derived various English words having to do with medicinal drugs or narcotics, such as pharmaceuticals and pharmacy. However, there is a common misconception concerning the nature of witchcraft and sorcery, resulting primarily from the etymology of this Greek word translated sorcery or witchcraft in the New Testament. This word pharmakeia was originally coined to allude to the use of narcotics as mind-altering and trans-inducing intoxicants in pagan religious ceremonies and ministrations throughout the ancient history of paganism. Notwithstanding, while the original meaning of the word had to do with administering drugs to aid in the casting of spells and inducing trances in pagan occult worship, in the passage of time it came to have a broader connotation than just that in the Greek language. It came to be what is known as a metonym a figure of speech or kind of colloquialism evoking an idea related to but greater than the literal meaning of the word's components. For example, in the colloquial phrase, under one roof, it is not really a literal roof only that is being alluded to, but rather the word roof is a metonym referring to an entire building consisting of walls and a roof. Similarly, both the Greek word pharmakeia, as well as its English equivalent, sorcery, connotes something more than the parochial matter of the use of narcotics in the occult. Rather, it is kind of a catch-all phrase evoking the larger concept of interpersonal predomination and self-imposition as achieved by various means and methods. Hence the biblical and thus true spiritual connotation of sorcery or witchcraft, it is imperative to understand, transcends the use of drugs as an intoxicant or transinducer in pagan and occult witchcraft. Biblical sorcery and witchcraft centers more on the specter of people manipulating, dominating, controlling, and captivating other people 
whether by supernatural, that is demonic, or simply natural, that is human, means. To put it another way, while the original meaning of sorcery or witchcraft had to do with the casting of spells or the inducement of trances in paganism and the occult, the biblical usage of these words includes psychological means and methods of usurpation and imposition over others as well. For the truth of the matter is that the drug that is used to cast a spell over someone is not always a narcotic. There are also a host of psychological means and methods that, especially with the assistance of demons, are just as trance-inducing, compelling, and effective. A spell is not just a state of intoxication induced by a narcotic. Rather, a spell is any induced condition in which a person's natural and normal self-control over his own thinking and actions is usurped, counteracted, controlled, or simply influenced by some unnatural, non-indigenous, exterior force. However, the ultimate force behind spells and trances, regardless of the agent, means, or method by which they are induced, is demons and the devil. Simply stated, the true spiritual definition and application of sorcery or witchcraft is using any form of persuasion, influence, intrigue, or inducement, delusion, predomination, or outright coercion, whether of natural, human, psychological, or spiritual, that is, evil spirits, origin, to unduly and improperly influence, manipulate, dominate, or control someone else in order to gain ascendancy or advantage for self-aggrandizement. To put it in even simpler terms, sorcery or witchcraft is endeavoring to get someone else to do what you want them to do, is prevailing upon others in order to get them to yield their will to your will. It is volition, or will, captivation. It is self-imposition and usurpation. It is being an interloper. It is dominating and controlling others. God revealed through the prophet Samuel's rebuke of the disobedient king of Israel, Saul, that witchcraft or sorcery is essentially synonymous with rebellion and that disobedience, which in essence is rebellion, is synonymous with iniquity, acts of specific trespass and offense against God and idolatry, the imposition of false gods in God's place. Quote, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness, disobedience, is as iniquity and idolatry. End quote. 1 Samuel 15.23 What this means, in other words, is that witchcraft is rebellion, and rebellion is witchcraft. Moreover, disobedience, stubbornness, is defiance, disregard, and displacement of God. Are you enjoying this podcast? 
Would you take just a minute to think about all the precious resources it takes to produce and make available a resource such as this? Time, talent, thinking, planning, preparing, studying, writing, editing, organizing, recording, audio editing, a multiplicity of post-production and publishing tasks, and on and on it goes. The big professional news and media companies employ 10 to 20 people to produce a presentation such as this podcast at a cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you enjoy the program, would you be so kind as to take a minute and pray to ask God if He would have you lend a helping hand our way in the form of financial support? In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash SLMINC to make a donation of any amount. Your gifts would be so greatly appreciated and used for the glory of God in the production of this program. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you abundantly for your generosity and graciousness. The Origin of Sorcery Of course, Satan is the ultimate, though unseen, source behind every kind and genre of sorcery and witchcraft. And there is an innumerable company of his diabolical cohorts, evil spirits, whose sole function is to perpetrate and propagate witchcraft all throughout the world and among all human beings. However, Satan and his imps can only intervene and invoke their devices in human affairs where and when they are given opportunity license, and agency by cooperative human beings. Since God has given authority on the earth under the sons of men, Psalms 115.16, Satan is powerless to implement his devices except through human cooperatives. Sorcery originated with Satan. It is a part of his nature, the spirit of disobedience the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, Ephesians 2, 2. Through the prophet Isaiah, God revealed by the Spirit what took place when Lucifer fell into apostasy and perdition. His account delineates the precise rebellious ruminations of Lucifer that precipitated his abrupt descent into unrighteousness and spiritual ruin. Clearly, the source of his rebellion is self-will, evidenced by the fact that he says to himself five times, I will. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Isaiah 14, 13 and 14. This passage makes it clear that rebellion against God, sin, is predicated on self-will or self-imposition. In essence, rebellion is self-imposition, following after your own will instead of God's. Consequently, it is not hard to understand the meaning of the Spirit's statement, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. 
In fact, in a broad sense, witchcraft is following after the rebellious nature of Satan, the spirit of disobedience. Furthermore, when you put all this together, it becomes clear that Satan's nature is the Antichrist spirit, because it is opposed and antithetical to the Lordship of Christ, and that therefore sorcery and witchcraft is operating in the Antichrist spirit. And indeed, that is precisely what sorcery or witchcraft is, endeavoring to be someone's Lord, Master, and Savior in place of Jesus Christ. That is also why I say sorcery is self-imposition and usurpation. It is also self-deification, that is, posing and interposing as God, which was precisely what made Lucifer fall into perdition and disenfranchisement from God. Ever since that day, when unrighteousness was found in the heart of Lucifer, he has been totally consumed with trying to take Jesus' place as Lord. He is the ultimate usurper and interloper. He is literally dying to be God. Sorcery Within If all this concerning sorcery being rooted in the nature of Satan is so, and it is, we must take it a step further. As I mentioned before, no matter how unpalatable to the average believer, the truth is that the nature of the devil, the spirit of disobedience, with all its attributes of rebellion and evil, is the carnal nature which pervades the soul of every human being ever born. Which means that within us all is the propensity to rebellion, including operating in sorcery and witchcraft. This truth is corroborated by the Holy Spirit's words conveyed through the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians, wherein he included sorcery or witchcraft, depending on which Bible translation you read, among the attributes of the carnal nature. Now the deeds of the flesh, carnal nature, are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 19-21. Thus, sorcery, from the spiritual perspective, is not merely an assortment of occult ritual and practices. Rather, sorcery is an attribute of the carnal nature common to us all. To put it another way, sorcery is a natural tendency lurking within the unredeemed soul of every human being which we all are quite capable of operating on our own without any assistance from evil spirits. Within every one of us mere mortals is the raw desire to, in some way and degree, predominate and impose our will upon others for our own self-aggrandizing and self-exalting purposes. 
This propensity is just as much a part of the inherent carnal nature, the source of our temptation to sin, as immorality, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, or a plethora of other just as damning, iniquitous attitudes and actions with which we all, saved or unsaved, are constantly tempted. In the case of many people, the urge to control others is stronger than their urge to control themselves, as demonstrated by their undisciplined behavior. The proclivity, or in some people, passion, to control others is a basic urge of the lion within that must be resisted and mastered in the same way as any other evil temptation, else it will surely master and eventually utterly destroy you. You're listening to The Real Truth Podcast. Other episodes of the podcast can be found at realtruthradio.com. Predomination and Control a common element of religion. Predomination and control has always been a common element of religion. The reason for that is simple. Satan is the ultimate usurper and the real Antichrist. He is absolutely consumed with the notion of supplanting Jesus as Lord and establishing himself as Lord. He is a million times more crazed by this dastardly fantasy of supreme grandeur than any maniacal tyrant in human history. Religion is the device he uses to deceive people into believing they are right with God so that he can be Lord by default. In actuality, the true, though unseen, object of religion's homage is demons and the devil. When you pull back the curtain of religion, Allah the Wizard of Oz, who do you find the wizard has been all along? None other than the devil himself. Satan is the author of all religion, and religion is the counterfeit of right standing and relationship with God. Religion is man's attempts to merit right standing with God. Religion, however, does not make you right with God. It separates you from God. Right standing with God cannot be gained on the basis of merit, for every human being who has ever lived, apart from Jesus of Nazareth, has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thus we need a Savior. And Jesus is the only Savior recognized and sanctioned by God. Everyone who trusts solely in Him to attain right standing with God receives it on the basis of grace, that is, undeserved and unmerited favor. Religion is self-justification, in essence. However, true right standing with God is based on Jesus' justification. That is, justification on the basis of faith in Jesus as the only Savior and the only way to God. This is the reason that every religion in the world, what frequently is referred to as false religion, which is really redundant, because all religion intrinsically is false, 
is fraught with predomination and control. Even Judaism became a debauched religious system wherein the sovereignty of Jehovah was subverted by priests coveting power, prestige, prominence, and preeminence. So also the functional headship of Christ was supplanted in early Christianity by the Nicolaitan priesthood, likewise motivated, and their legacy of hierarchical predomination and usurpation is yet an integral part of the fabric of organized Christianity today. Predomination in the Church Thus it comes as no surprise, at least to those who understand the church is not yet the perfected, blameless, and spotless bride it will be at the return of Christ, that the organizational church, including the supposedly spiritually advanced Pentecostal-slash-Neo-Pentecostal branch, is also tainted by satanically inspired predomination perpetrated through certain elements of its leadership. Nevertheless, that makes it no less despicable, nor does it diminish in the slightest the biblical duty of every believer, layman or leader, to proactively and overtly oppose it wherever he or she finds it occurring. Quote, and do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. End quote. Ephesians 5, 11. Hello, this is Dr. Stephen Lambert, the author of the book Charismatic Captivation and several other books dealing with topics vital to believers' lives. Charismatic Captivation is one of the most important books you'll ever read in your entire lifetime. The reason I say that is not out of arrogance or marketing hyperbole to sell books, but rather because the matters addressed in this book are absolutely vital to every believer's walk with God and their understanding regarding the proper role of spiritual leaders in their life. Multitudes of true and trusting believers around the world are at this very moment ensnared in the virtually invisible web of religious captivation and don't know it. What I mean is that these sincere followers of Christ are unaware victims of authoritarian abuse, psychological enslavement, and financial exploitation perpetrated under the heavy hand of hyper-authoritarianism. That is to say that their spiritual leaders are dominating, controlling, manipulating, and exploiting them for their own personal gain and to build their own private kingdom which they call a church or ministry, but really is merely their own private business and source of personal income. The question is, are you or a loved one or friend one of the many victims of this insidious form of psychological abuse? Well, I wrote Charismatic Captivation so that you can know for certain if you are one of the many victims worldwide. In Charismatic Captivation, I deal with the false teaching behind this dastardly and deadly deception, enumerate 33 signs and symptoms of spiritual abuse to look for, uncover the 12 common control mechanisms controlling leaders employ to captivate their victims, and reveal 15 hours of recovery from authoritarian abuse, the biblical steps victims must take to truly recover from the psychologically traumatizing and spiritually devastating effects of religious domination and control by spiritual leaders. The message of charismatic captivation is one of spiritual warfare, 
It's all-out war against an unrelenting and dastardly adversary whose goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Warfare is not for wimps or the weak. Wars are not won by weak-kneed warriors or mamby-pamby Casper Milk Toast Christianettes. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, said Jesus. If you have any suspicions at all that you or someone you love or care about is a victim of authoritarian abuse, don't even think about it anymore. You need to order your own personal copy of Charismatic Captivation today without any further hesitation. So don't delay. Order the book that has set hundreds of captives free around the world today. You'll be glad you did. So again, don't delay. Place your order today. Learn more at charismatic-captivation.com charismatic-captivation.com Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.